At North Point Community Church, we are passionate about helping our community move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we hope this message helps you do that. Thank you for tuning in. You guys know, and if you don't, I'll share with you. Uh, my wife and I recently added our second daughter to our home uh, two weeks ago. She was born. Thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard for those nine months, so I appreciate the applause. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, we recently brought her in. She is absolutely amazing. I'm incredibly lucky to have uh, three amazing, amazing girls in my life. Uh, it has been great, uh, and it has been. An adjustment as well, having a, a newborn in with our two and a half year old. Um, for instance, anytime that we go basically anywhere, uh, it's an ordeal. Like things are happening. I, I like to call leaving our house, we go through these three phases. I call them the uh, let's go phases. Um, if you have kids, you've probably experienced this as well. Uh, phase number one is kind of a question, right? We would say, uh, let's go. Right, So like a few minutes before you're getting ready to go, you're kind of throwing the question out there like, are we ready? Does everybody have shoes? Where is the baby? Like you're asking these questions to kind of figure out. And then when it's time to go, uh, you move into the period phase. And that's where you say, let's go. You are making a statement. It is now time. We should be ready. All of our stuff should be gathered. We need to be moving towards the door. The car is ready. Let's go. And then the final phase, I like to call the exclamation. And this happens a solid 10 minutes after our second phase. And it is the let's go. All right, like this is the exhausted phase that kicks in. I cannot believe we are always late. Why didn't you do that 10 minutes beforehand? Do you really have to pee again? <sighs> right? Like we've all experienced the exclamation at some point in time in our life. And there's something about the exclamation point. Uh, I just love the exclamation point. And it's kind of that idea that no matter what, it just kind of adds something to it. It adds and invokes like feelings, whether that's uh, desperation or excitement or need. Like the exclamation mark really just adds to whatever moment that you may be going through. Uh, we're working through our series called Crazy Talk. All summer long, we are talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and we're really looking at three chapters in the Bible, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And whether you've been joining us in person or you've been watching on uh, Facebook or YouTube because you're up at the cabin, like you have noticed over the past few weeks, we have had some really great new speakers up here. Uh, Rick's been gone, uh, but we've had some great speakers up here, Andy Acker, our student guy, uh, who just got back from taking students to a mission trip down in Nashville. Uh, he spoke a few weeks ago. Uh, we also had Doug Rutledge, one of our missionaries there with Crossroads Farms down here uh, in Michigan and now actually other states that they're doing some incredible work. He spoke for us. Uh, Larry Carter, who is the president or uh, vice president at Great Lakes Community College or Great Lakes Christian College. Whew. Is, uh, spoke last week, and uh, he talked for us. Larry actually spoke on uh, the Lord's Prayer and how it had to do with crazy talking. So uh, we're actually gonna get a little crazier this week, and we're gonna talk about another spiritual discipline. We're gonna talk about fasting, fasting. And so let's just jump into our passage here for a second. Uh, we're in Matthew 6, 16 through 18, just three verses today. Uh, it says this, it says, Jesus said, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may 
not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. Now, maybe you've been around church for a while or, or not, and either way, you're just kind of wondering, like, what is this fasting stuff that you're talking about? What, what is this here? Uh, fasting isn't actually something we always talk about in church life, but it is actually really cool and really important practice for us. Uh, simply put, fasting is voluntarily going without food or any other regularly enjoyed good gift from God. In fact, if you've been paying attention uh, to the health and fitness world, and uh, full transparency, I am not. I actually Googled this. Uh, but in the health and fitness world out there, uh, fasting has kind of become uh, more and more of a thing in the past few years. That There's actually this big push for what is called intermittent fasting. Uh, and that is when you have scheduled times of eating and scheduled times uh, of not eating eating. And what it does is it's there to help you lose weight or to give your body a rest or to get in better shape. That some people have fasted for uh, just dietary reasons. Uh, There's also some that have fasted for medical reasons. And if you've ever had a medical test, a lot of times they ask you to go without food for a while. And so uh, you go without food so that a medical personnel can kind of have a baseline from which to run a test. And then they learn something about your body. It's a pretty common thing nowadays, uh, whether it's skipping a meal or just going a few hours uh, without eating before your test. And a lot of people have done at least a small version of a, a fast for medical reasons. But the thing is, fasting is not really new. And it's not just about physical health. In fact, fasting is thousands of years old, and it's actually rooted in spiritual purposes. In fact, it's incredibly cool to see that like modern science and health initiatives have begun to recognize that our bodies are designed in a manner to fast from food, that we need food to survive, and yet God created our bodies in a manner that they can not only survive, but they can benefit from going on purposeful stretches without food. And yet, spiritual fasting is countercultural to the world that we live in. Like, it is crazy to discuss spiritual fasting as something that should be a regular habit, that it's something that should be expected and, and normal for Christ followers. But similar to the idea of having sex before marriage, we just cast spiritual fasting to the side. It's just not one we like, and so we just chuck it over to the side. But anybody who's ever committed to a spiritual fast will tell you that, man, it really really does make a difference. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine who uh, was incredibly concerned for his daughter at one point in time. Uh, she was in a relationship that he just felt would be very, very harmful for her. Uh, it was going in a direction that he didn't really want it to go. He didn't want this for his little girl. He was concerned how it would change her life and, and about pain and hardship that it would bring. And so he decided to fast. And he fasted from sugar. He spent months not eating any candy or or sweets, and he was intentional about stopping every day and praying to God about his daughter. And he told a select few of us what he was doing, not so that he could brag about it. He he wanted us to join in and just, just pray for his daughter and pray for his family. And the cool thing was eventually his daughter ended that relationship, and God did some incredible things in her life to, to kind of protect her and be alongside of her. And for me, the coolest part was seeing my friend after his fast for the very first time just chowing into a Snickers bar, right? Just the smile on his face and getting some of that sugar back in. And when I talked to him, it had nothing to do with with the Snickers, right? But for him, it was, man, I'm eating again because God showed up. 
because God showed up. He did something. He, he, he was in my life. He showed up. And what it did is it actually deepened his trust in God. So why do we fast? We know what fasting is. Why, why, why do we do it? Here's the thing. We enter into a spiritual fast when we decide to go without something to make room for more God. Catch that this morning. We enter into a spiritual fast when we decide to go without something to make room for more God. It's not a bargaining chip. There's not some cause and effect relationship with fasting. We don't fast as a way to to force God's hand into giving us uh, what we want or, or what we desire. Instead, we fast with the realization that, man, we just need more God. We remove food or entertainment or distractions or whatever else, not to gain a thing or a desire, but rather so that God can fill that space that was left behind. And it's his presence is what fills us with what we need. See, we can take time to fast for a a ton of different reasons. In fact, the Bible is littered with numerous examples of people that that had fasted for different purposes. We see examples of of fasting uh, to strengthen prayers, to seek God's guidance for deliverance or protection, out of humbling ourselves before God or, or to express repentance or due to grief in their life or concern for what God is, is doing, to overcome temptation or simply to express devotion to God. See, I've actually fasted a, a few times in my life and the most impactful time that I ever did was when I was uh, young, single, and fresh out of college. Uh, I was in a place where I had no clue what to do next. Like we've all been in that kind of place before, right? I had an okay job. I was living at home and I was dating a girl who I thought was super cool, but I felt lost. I really wanted something more. I wanted to know what was next. I wanted a better job. I wanted my own place. I wanted to marry that really cool girl, but I didn't know how, and I didn't know what to do. I felt like a loser. I felt lost, and so I fasted. Now, growing up in my household, uh, we always, and I mean always, had Coca-Cola. Like anytime you open the fridge, there was two liters, mini bottles, cans, everything. We didn't drive past the McDonald's without getting like a jumbo dollar large Coke because they had like extra syrup or something in there, right? Like we grew up addicted to Coca-Cola. It's still a thing today. My wife hates it, but we still do it. We stop every single time. We love pop. I love pop. I fasted from pop. Now, for some of you guys, you're like, so what, Jake? Like, that's like throwing me out into the Sahara with an empty bottle and saying, have fun, right? Like, it was incredibly difficult for me to be able to do. But what I tried to do is anytime that I saw Coke, anytime somebody was drinking pop, anytime I went to a restaurant, I just took a little bit of time and I would just pray and I would just say, God, what's next? (laughs) God, show me what you want. God, guide me. God, help me to become a husband, And over the course of the next few months, not only did God provide me with a better job and and a new place to live and and money to buy a wedding ring and a girlfriend who became a fiance, but he taught me that he was my provider. Now, I could have read some uh, self-help book. I could have had a friend who was hiring. I could have taken Financial Peace University. Those are all great, great things. But what I got out of my fast 
was the foundation of knowing that God is my provider. And not only did that help me then, but it's a place I can go back to again and again right now. See, the best comparison I can give for spiritual fasting is to think of it like an exclamation point. An exclamation point. See, uh, if we're texting, you and me at any point in time, you are guaranteed to get a bunch of exclamation points from me in a text message. Like, it's probably not grammatically correct. It's probably over the top. I don't care. I love it. I am addicted to exclamation points, right? That's like a thing in our culture, apparently, when we text. We send way too many exclamation points. And I love them because I want to add some emphasis, some spunk into my text messages. And a period feels a little cold. So if you get a message from me, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just excited. We're talking, okay? So I throw exclamation points into all of my conversations. A lot of people come to find out actually do that. Spiritual fasting is like an exclamation point when we come to God. Like our everyday prayer life and meditation and studying of his word are great. It creates this ongoing conversation with the God of the universe, It helps to deepen a relationship and understanding of who God is. Fasting is putting an exclamation point on those conversations or in that relationship. It's saying, God, I need you. God, I worship you. God, guide me. God, show up. God, I'm yours. See, we fast from what we see and taste because we have tasted and we have seen the goodness of the invisible and infinite God and we are desperately hungry for more of him. We search in the Bible and we see that Jesus fasted in preparation before starting his ministry on earth. That Job fasted in grief. That Mordecai fasted for protection. That Moses fasted fasted before receiving the Ten Commandments, that David fasted in mourning his child's illness, that Ezra fasted over a sin issue. All of these fasts were to create more room for God to show up, to guide, to comfort, to expose, to prepare, to protect, to teach, or to love more. When we fast, we are putting an exclamation mark on our relationship with God by giving up something to make more room for him. See, fasting is a normal practice of growing in our relationship with God. It's why Jesus brought it up during his Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew 6. Let's let's look at this again. He said, and when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. And I think there's a couple things we can just grab right out of this passage immediately. And there's a ton of other verses and references in the Bible that have to do with fasting, but we're just kind of sitting here this morning right now. And I think there's a couple things we can grab. I think, first of all, Jesus says when, not if. Jesus says when, not if. Now, it's important to like, recognize Jesus did not mandate fasting. It's not a requirement to be a follower of Jesus. It's not an an ordinance or a marker of being a Christ follower like communion or baptism. It's not a mandate. But yet there is an expectation that it's a natural thing to do. 
Jesus didn't say, and if you fast, but rather when you fast. See, fasting might seem crazy to us uh, because it's just not normal for you and me. We live in a time and in a place that is just full of excess. There is no concern for most of us what we're gonna go eat for lunch. Like We know we're gonna eat. The big question is where we're gonna eat, but we know that we're gonna be able to eat. And we eat not just to survive, but we eat to be social. We eat when we're bored. We eat to numb our lives. Fasting is countercultural to our behaviors, but it was not to Jesus's original audience. And it's not to those of us that know Jesus today. Jesus assumes that we're gonna fast because fasting is beneficial to our relationship with God. We also see that Jesus calls out the religious leaders and influences of his time. and He calls them hypocrites because they fasted for themselves and not for more of God. This is kind of our second thing. And it's simply, uh, it's not about us. It's not about us, that fasting is about giving something up to make more room for God. And yet these guys were about getting more, were not about getting more of God, but rather about getting more of themselves. See, it's easy to make fasting about you. It's easy to make fasting about you and wanting something rather than wanting God. It's easy to fast because you wanna look spiritual instead of wanting God. It's easy to do just about anything when I am my own motivation. But there's no sacrifice in that, which is why Jesus said the Pharisees had already received their reward. They got what they wanted, but they didn't get more of God. Fasting is about getting more of what God has to offer. It's not necessarily about getting what you want God to offer. The reward from fasting is God. God may give answers or protection or guidance or whatever else it is that we ask for, but if he gives it, it's because it comes as a bonus with him. So then how do we do it? How do we fast? What does it take for me to to make more room for God in my life? I think there's some keys that can help us to be successful because truthfully, Fasting can be tough. Like your brain and your body will work against you for a while until you learn to kind of refocus yourself through fasting here. And so how do we fast? I wanna just give four tips that I think are incredibly helpful. And I think the very first one uh, is to simply start small. Start small. Like our bodies were designed to need food. And they tell us when they need that food. In fact, they scream at us at times when we need that food. And then on top of that, we're all creatures of habit. Fasting means breaking that habit. And neither of those things are easy to do. And so, man, start small. Maybe one meal a week for a few weeks before moving up and trying two meals and eventually getting yourself to a whole day of fasting. Or or try a a juice fast so your body still gets nutrients and sugar to help it keep going while still feeling the effects of no food. It's really not beneficial to just try and go big and fail. Slowly work at it like you're building a spiritual muscle in your life. So start small. And then on top of that, make a plan. Make a plan. It's not about just giving up food or something else for a period of time. It's about seeking more of God. 
Make a plan for what you'll do instead of eat or be online or whatever it else is that you're fasting from. Set yourself up for success by taking a second and just and writing it out on what you're gonna do when those times get hard. What are you gonna do when your fast is during a weekly lunch meeting that you have? What do you do when your fast is over a holiday where one of the central things is that you're gonna be eating together with other people? Having a plan will keep you from getting caught in a difficult situation. So start small, make a plan, and then try different fasts. When we read through the Bible, uh, it shows us a variety of different forms of fasting. We have individual and private, communal and public, congregational, national, uh, regular, occasional, complete and partial. Like try fasting by yourself or try fasting with a friend. Talk to your small group or family members and just commit to fasting from one meal a week so that you guys can pray for one another or maybe just pray about a, a huge decision that you've got coming up in your life. Or try fasting from things other than food. What would God reveal about you if you fasted from social media for one week? What would you learn if you just kept sugar up on the shelf while you intentionally took the time to just praise God? What would happen if you took one day a week without a screen at your home and you just spent time in prayer and worship and study? Paul even spoke uh, about married couples in the church of Corinth fasting from sex for a limited time to devote themselves to prayer. Now, husbands, Paul said limited time. Okay, so breathe. It's okay, right? If we're gonna talk about that one, that was a limited prayer, okay? Whew, right? But try fasting from different things. Try different kinds of fasts. And then finally, focus on who, not what. Focus on who, not what. See, the idea of fasting is to give something up to make more room for God in our lives. It is so easy to focus on what we are giving up. Like our thoughts become entrenched about food or pop and we naturally like just click on the Facebook or Instagram icon on our phone out of pure habit. See, the only way to work against a habit is to replace it. Stopping something is not the goal of fasting. And when we focus on what it is that we are going without, we're simply placing that thing still in God's spot. The goal is to make more room for God. That means we have to focus on the who. This is where having a plan would allow us to redirect our hearts and minds and to create the space for God to move and speak and reveal himself even more. See, fasting feels crazy. We work hard to have and enjoy, and anytime we choose to deprive ourselves of that, it can feel awkward and foolish. But when we change our mindset away from what we give up and towards more of God, then fasting just begins to seem important and necessary. See, if God is the goal, then everything else is expendable. If God is the desire, then everything else can be put aside. If God is the goal, then everything else is worthless in comparison. What if you tried to fast? What if you took the time to put that exclamation mark in your relationship with Jesus? You want Jesus to make a difference in your family? You want Jesus to show up 
in our broken world? You want Jesus to guide your life? You want Jesus to heal or fix or change you? Try adding an exclamation mark by fasting. Jesus said when you fast and not if, because fasting is important and natural and expected. And in the same way, when we fast, we can look forward to when Jesus shows up and not worry about if, because Jesus will show up. Fasting adds to the conversation with God. It adds to the relationship with God. You give up, but you get so much more. When the God of the universe shows up, he will show up. He will answer. He will reveal. And he will be our reward. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you that you are better than anything else this world has to offer. God, may May we replace whatever it is that could be getting in the way, even if it's good things, Father, so that we can just have more of you. God, whatever we need in our life, if it's guidance, if it's protection, if it's just to worship you more, God, Lord, help us to take some time and consider the idea of, of fasting, of redirecting our priorities and our focus and our heart and our mind on you knowing that you are what is good for us, Jesus. We love you and we pray this in your name.